Well, good evening, everyone. It's good to be God's people together. Amen? Well, you know that it is the worship gathering after Christmas. We had a wonderful time together on Christmas Eve. But you know that it's the first worship gathering after Christmas because we're down to our fifth string drummer. You're looking at him. I don't know what's more of a miracle that we made it with a pastor drummer or that this little church has five drummers we can call. That's amazing to me. I've been in churches a lot bigger with a lot fewer drummers, so it is good to worship God together here this evening. As Kelly mentioned at the beginning of our time together, this is the last worship gathering of 2019 and also of the decade. It's amazing. So what I wanted to do this evening was to look at a psalm together, a short psalm. You'll see that on your handout there. It's only three verses. And I want to interact with you a little bit as we look back on the year that was. And as the psalms often remind us, no matter what we've been through, we have reasons to sing. Amen? Well, a month ago... I was at a luncheon that I'm a part of each and every month, and it's a lunch for pastors throughout East Dallas from all different kinds of churches, from a huge church on Garland Road to the littlest house church and everything in between. Some guys show up with collars from their Anglican churches. Some guys come in clothes like you see us wearing. Some are from a more reformed background, like Acts 29 and these kinds of things. And some are not so much reformed. It's an ecumenical, which means all different stripes coming together to celebrate the Jesus that unites us. And we draw Christ out of one another and save a lot of the disagreements and the shop talk for another time. So at this pastor's lunch last month, it was right before Thanksgiving, and the question was posed to the group, what are you most thankful for in your life with God this year? And we kind of breathe a little bit, take a moment to think back and reflect. What are you most thankful for in your life with God this year? And out of the blue, I had my answer. I said in my own heart, you know, God, this has been a year of gratitude and awareness in the everyday mercies that you give. The life, the breath, the things that I would usually take for granted. God had impressed upon me this year a sense of gratitude, especially when we know what others have been through in El Paso and in the Middle East. Every breath is a gift. That was what I was thankful for. And almost as soon as I thought about my answer, I thought about something from 10 years ago. It was almost 10 years ago that I was finishing seminary. And when you finished seminary where I went to school, you had a battery of final interviews and even an exam. Not a Bible kind of exam, but a where are you in your journey with God kind of exam. Maybe they wanted to make sure they weren't graduating a bunch of men and women that were gonna go and start cults. (laughs) They wanted to kind of see 
how this seminary experience had formed them or shaped them. And so I did literally a 540 question test. How many of you have taken like a Myers-Briggs psychological test evaluation, right? It's kind of like that, but for pastors. Then I sat in a room and was interviewed in a face-to-face oral interview exam. They took that document, that recording, and they shipped it to Philadelphia. I don't know why or who was there. I never met the person, but someone I never met listened to that hour-long interview of me sitting there talking about how I believed this or what I believed about God, my view of this and my view of that. They sifted through all that information, and then with that 540-question test, with that interview, and with like five tests from mentors, my, my spouse, Amy, all these other people, they took all of that information together and spit out a document that was a snapshot of what Adam thought and believed in his view on God and ministry. 540 question test, hour long interview, five people writing about me with their responses. Now, I don't remember much about that interview except one thing. When they spit out that document, they had these different views and What I remember is this. On a scale of one to 10, Adam believes in the providence of God. Have y'all heard that word providence? (laughs) Providence is a theological term for God's dealings in and throughout our everyday life and experience. It's how God is at work in mysterious ways and unseen ways, sometimes visible ways, but it's the way that he's kind of pulling and bending all things together, the providence of God. On a scale of one to 10, 10 being our kind of reformed brothers and sisters that say everything that happens, happens because God said it's gonna happen. There's nothing that can change it. There's nothing you can do it. That's 10. One is like, Maybe God just kind of set the world in motion and everything else is just kind of up to us, okay? Those are extremes. And on a scale of one to 10, I was a two. Almost 10 years ago, all that data came back and they said, Adam does not believe really that God is at work in our everyday life. I thought of that last month 30 seconds after I had said, I'm really grateful that this is a year of being grateful and aware of how God is at work in my everyday life. The thing I once believed the least, this year is now the thing that I'm aware of the most. You know what that tells me? We are all on a journey, and if you think you have it figured out, just wait. If you're frustrated that you don't have it out, all figured out, just wait. We're all on a journey. God's not done with us. God still has a lot more of surprises in store for us. But I think the question I want to sit with before we look ahead is a question about looking back. Looking back on this year, What do you want to say thank you to God for? Or to use the language of the psalm we're about to look at, 
What do you bless God for? We're going to talk about that word in a moment. But first, if you look at your handout there, in Psalm 134, you'll see underneath that it says a song of ascents. That word ascend means to what? To rise, to go up. Many people believe that these songs of ascent, there's 15 of them in this section of the songs, is a song that the people of Israel would sing on their way up to the holy city of Jerusalem. So we've just come off a season singing Christmas carols in advance of the Christmas season. During Advent, we're anticipating, we're making our way toward the manger. In a similar way, these pilgrims centuries ago would sing these psalms on their way to the holy city of Jerusalem. Now, we were singing Christmas carols in advance of the festival of Christmas, right? How many of you opened presents? You did the family thing. We didn't. We had the flu. But... You're leading up to this festival. Now, God's people in the Old Testament were leading up not to Christmas, but to things like the Passover, the Festival of Tabernacles, the Festival of Weeks. They would get all their family together, and they'd road trip their way on the way to Jerusalem, singing these kinds of songs in anticipation. This one, Psalm 134, is the last song in the Bible book of songs, the Psalms. So this is not only a song that people sang on the way to Jerusalem, in the song book, it's the song that sends them away from Jerusalem. You see? We're looking at Psalm 134 tonight on our way from 2019 and into 2020. Has this year been tough? I know it's been tough. Has this year been joyful? I know it's been joyful. With any year, there are things we celebrate, there are things we grieve, but along the way, tonight, I hope we leave with the sense of what we just sang about, that God is with us. And we can still praise his name. So in verse 1, we read the worship leader inviting the people of God to come bless the Lord. All you servants of the Lord who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Y'all know when they would do these big festivals like Christmas for us or Easter, the big celebrations, they would have people round the clock in the temple, in the holy place, praying and offering and doing the work of God's people all throughout the night, okay? So I'm grateful to be a pastor of this church because we did our beautiful Christmas Eve candlelight service. We lit the candles. We sang Silent Night. We said goodbye, and I didn't have to go and do a pastor thing at 3 a.m., But this is what they would do in the big festivals all through the night. So he's inviting everybody to wake up, to gather together, and bless the Lord. And just to make sure they're awake, in verse 2 he says, Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. Now, I love that this begins with an invitation. Because road trips, especially if you're pilgrims on the way to Jerusalem, probably haven't changed much. 
In 2019, road trips still bring out the good, the bad, and the ugly in us. You right? When we drove to your house in El Paso, that was a serious road trip. And it brought out the good and the bad and the ugly in some of us. Because that stretch in West Texas, man, that'll separate the men from the boys. And I love that the invitation is come, you who have quarreled and fussed and fought, you this evening who came after fighting with your spouse, you who came this evening carrying your regrets, you who came this evening carrying your shame, you who came this evening with all your expectations unmet, or unsaid, you who came thinking that you're not good enough, you who came that are tired and just didn't want to be here because it was raining, come. We need to understand that God is always inviting us to come, that you can always lift your hands to him when you're his. Regardless of what you came from, the invitation is to come. Now, come and do what? Bless. Right? We hear this word all the time. There are two words in the Old Testament for blessed. And the one in this psalm, you'll see in the middle of your handout there, comes from the root word to what? To kneel. Now, we can make sense of this. We kneel in recognition to God, right? Y'all seen the movies where they approach a king and they kneel, right? Why do you think they do that? It's a kind of subservience to show honor. What else? Respect. Fill in the blank. We understand this concept to kneel before God. We kneel in recognition of God. We kneel in recognition and reverence before the giver, creator, and sustainer. We need to understand that that breath that you just breathed was a gift from God. And when you're invited to come, the proper response to a gift is to kneel in recognition and reverence before the one who gave it. Now, I want to pause because that word blessed shows up a few more times in our psalm. And the first two verses is an invitation to bless God, but it ends with a reciprocal, God bless you. But before we get there, I want to pause. And Maria, you might turn off the pendant lights. I want to take a breath. And I want you to have an opportunity, like I did a month ago at that pastor's luncheon, to reflect back on the year that was. And I want you to think about, what do you bless God for? When you think about this moment, all that he's brought you through and to this moment he's brought you to, if you were to kneel before him to become aware of his presence among us, within us, around us, to become aware of the one who sees you with eyes of love and mercy and grace, To become aware of the one whose breath fills you and sustains you. As you become aware of his goodness, his presence here with us, 
What do you kneel before him to say, I recognize your hand. I recognize who you are. And I am in reverence before you. Perhaps you want to say that as a prayer. Perhaps you want to write that. But I want to give you a few moments. What do you bless God for looking back this year? God is here with us, sustaining us, giving us life and breath. As you breathe in, become aware of his presence. As you breathe out, recognize his gifts. Just take another moment. What do you bless God for this year? In the big ways or the small ways, what do you bless God for? God, we, your people, come to bless your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Does anyone want to share? It's okay if not. Does anybody want to voice something they've written down or prayed? Yes, Mark. Amen. I want to say thank you and bless God because when your voice wasn't back, we prayed and we prayed. And God granted your voice back, not just a successful surgery, but he brought you through with your voice. What else can we bless God together in? You can just shout it out. School's out for winter. Did everyone hear Kristen? I'll try to summarize. She said she's grateful that God gave her a better sense of who she is and awareness of seeing others and herself in healthier ways. She thanked God for wisdom and for patience. And I want to bless God and say thank you too because we've seen you on that journey of self-discovery. And one of the ancient quotes from St. Augustine says, God, grant that I would know myself so that I may know you better. What else? Something you're blessing God for. Yes. Yes. She said, my life, my marriage, my health. And we want to say thank you that you've been visiting, that you've been here from a move from Kentucky. They've uprooted. They're finding new jobs. They're on a new path and a new journey. And we're grateful that God has knit our paths together. Anyone else? What are we blessing God for? Juan Francisco, little Cisco, amen. We want to bless God for that because there are so many variables for the smallest gift of life. And we are grateful that God is still with you 
He's not done yet. He is sustaining Becky even through a difficult season. Even with a scooter, we bless God with you for Juan Francisco, for little Cisco. We can't wait to meet him. What else? Release from anxiety and false guilt and peace. Thank you for sharing that. We're all on a journey. Some days are better than others, but God is with us in the green pastures that are serene as well as in the valley of the shadow when we feel like we are our own worst enemy. God is still with us, restoring us in the smallest ways each and every day. We have reasons to bless God, amen? Amen. The psalm doesn't just invite us to bless God. In verse 3, the worship leader shifts gears and says, May the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, bless you from Zion. Now here's what I need to unpack for you a little bit. If that word bless has for its root to kneel, then does God kneel in generosity to us. Have you ever thought about this? We talk about God bless you all the time. Before our gathering, Raquel said, Dios te bendiga. God bless you. God, could it be true that he kneels in some way toward us? I told you that we had the flu in our house this week. By God's grace, I'm blessing him that Amy and I are symptom-free. We're doing all right thus far. The girls were rocking and rolling, if not a little stir-crazy. Nora was fever-free by Christmas Eve. Emma was fever-free by Christmas Day. We gave it two full days, making sure Amy and I were eyeing each other, making sure that we didn't have the sniffles or the coughs. And just to be safe, they're still staying home this afternoon, just to be really careful. But last night, we had a redo Christmas with my folks. My folks were very gracious to kind of rearrange some of their plans to where we could come and spend a little bit of time with them this week because we were shut down in the flu cave all week. So we went over to their house last night. And last night was a night like many other nights when my girls saw my dad. We call my dad Pop. Here's the thing with my dad. When they go to his house, it is a full-blown onslaught of pop. They have these Nerf guns that are ancient, but have still survived all the years and all the moves, and my girls go and find them. They lock and load, and they Nerf assault my dad. Then, what happens? You gotta put him in jail. So they crawl on his back, They grab his arms and they go march him to his own closet and they slam the door. (laughs) If he tries to escape, they jump on him, they climb on him, they chase him. And because my dad is a glutton for punishment, during the Christmas season, they have a box full of little fuzzy snowballs, 24 of them. I know this because I have to find them, make account for them when my girls are done throwing them at him. All night, 24 snowballs onslaught, like the scene in Elf when he's just like rapid fire machine gunning them. And every single time, after the Nerf guns, girls, chill out. 
After jail, girls, chill out. After the wrestling, girls, chill out. After the snowball attack, girls, seriously, chill out. And what's my dad doing? He's grabbing them. He's giving them hoogie holds, which are some WWF little wrestling moves. He's on the ground. He's rolling around. That dude is in his closet because he's in jail and he doesn't escape. (laughs) And when I'm thinking about what in the world would God kneeling, God blessing, how does that make sense? And I think about my dad who's a grandfather who would not have it any other way than to get down and run around with his beloved little ones. The worship leader pronounces a benediction, which is a good word. It's a word that we do every week. We try to sum up what we've experienced in this place and we send you out back into the places you come from. I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Martin Luther King Jr. said that church is not a place you come to. It's a place you go from. There's a big difference there. The benediction gets at what Dr. King was referring to. The benediction says, may God bless you from his intense presence in the holy place, in the holy space. After all the songs have been sung, after all the sacrifices have been offered, after all the prayers have been prayed, after you've sought him, after you've fought with him, after you've run around and tried to seek him and find him, when all is said and done, may God bless you from this place in this presence and may that blessing extend to the furthest reaches of where you've road tripped from. And it's so fascinating that at the end of the Songs of Ascent, on the pilgrim songs, they've made their way to Jerusalem, now they're making their way from Jerusalem. It says, may the Lord, you know, the maker of heaven and earth, may he bless you. Because if he's the maker of heaven and earth, Is there any square inch in your world and in your neighborhood that God cannot infuse with his life and presence and blessing? Even your jobs. When you go back, some of you have already gone back. Even that relationship that's so hard. Even in that illness and pain and struggle. If the Lord, who is the maker of heaven and earth, can bless you from Zion, how would it change your everyday life? Even there. By the way, if you look at that psalm on your paper, you might circle the word Lord. You'll notice it's in all caps. How many times do you see that word Lord in your handout. Becky's got it five times. There are 19 unique Hebrew words in these three verses. Lord, one of those, appears five times. 25 words in total, 19 unique words. Out of 25 words in Hebrew, five of them are the word Yahweh. 
We preached in Moses a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago now, and he revealed his name as Yahweh. We don't even know how to correctly pronounce it. We don't even know how to correctly translate it. Think about that. And he reveals himself to be the one who just is. Yahweh translates, we think, I am who I am, or I will be who I will be, or I will be who you need me to be when you need me to be it. God is being itself. And if we are being, if we are alive, wherever he finds us, any square inch in our everyday lives, he might surely be with us and he might surely bless us when we bless him. We kneel in recognition and reverence before the giver, creator, sustainer. God kneels to enter into our everyday situation in order to give us his gifts and his presence. Listen to this. God shares his life with us. And out of his fullness, we flourish. We did a series this year on the Beatitudes, which is a name for the blesseds. And it's all the wrong people you didn't think would be blessed. At the bottom of the world's list is the one that God says, you're flourishing within God's reach. Blessed are you when you mourn, when you hunger and thirst, when you're poor, when you're desperate. You look up and find yourself squarely within God's reach because there's not one square inch of your life that God can't touch and bless and give you what you need for you to flourish. If he did it in 2019, can we trust him for 2020? Eugene Peterson, when he reflects on this word blessed and this concept of God kneeling in generosity toward us, he says it here, and it's at the bottom of your outline. Blessed describes what God does to us and among us. He enters into covenant with us. He pours out his own life for us. He shares the goodness of his spirit, the vitality of his creation, the joys of his redemption. He empties himself among us, and we get What he is, that is blessing. God gets down on his knees among us, gets on our level and shares himself with us. He does not reside afar off and send us diplomatic messages. He kneels among us. That posture is characteristic of God. The discovery and realization of this is what defines what we know of God as good news. God shares himself generously and graciously. Just take another deep breath. Would you allow yourself to dare to believe that God wants to share himself with you generously and graciously? Do you take another breath, become aware of his presence, his attention is upon you, his loving gaze is upon you, he invited you to come and bless his name so that you might be blessed by him. And now think of the one who has given so much who has knelt down into your life, that same God will be with you. So looking ahead to 2020, however many moments God gives, where might God bless you?
And maybe this is less a vision and more of a petition and asking. Would you just take a moment and sit with that question? Where do you need God's presence and generous gift in that square inch of your life? Where might God bless you? Just take a Yahweh is here. He's telling you he is who he is. He will be who he will be. He who was, is, and is to come. The beginning and the end. The first. The one who made himself last. Revealed in the face of Christ who kneels down to wash feet and touch the untouchable. He has gone ahead of you and though you don't know what will come, you know who's going with you. And so God, we say yes and amen, trusting that you can do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine in the moments you give to us. And all God's people said, amen. I want to close by telling you another question that was asked of me at that pastor's lunch a month ago. I shared with them what I just shared with you, how I was grateful for an awareness of God, and I was grateful at the journey he's taken me on. And so one of the pastors of a very large church in the area, a great guy, looked at me and he said, if you believe now what you least believed then, what is God telling you now? I said, that's a great question and I don't have an answer. So let me sit with that for a little bit and I'll turn it in next month to you for a grade or something stupid. I said. And I didn't have an answer until yesterday. And I just reflected back and a smile came to my face, which I think is a symptom of recognizing God kneeling to us. It makes you smile. And I just thought about how God just might be waiting with more surprises and goodness on the journey ahead. And he wants me to take each step as an arrival. Every step is an arrival to where God is. This step is an arrival to where God is. This left turn, terrible step off the path, I thought I've blown it, is an arrival to where God is. And so, wherever you go from here into whatever may come, know this. It is blessing that began your journey, and it is blessing that will meet you at your journey's end.
Father, we are so grateful for all that you have done. And we give you thanks and bless your holy name for what you will do. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus, the light. Amen. Would you stand together to receive our benediction, our good word to send you out from this place to our everyday lives. By the tender mercy of our God, love has broken upon us. Light is given where once there was darkness and hope where there was only death. We go into this season knowing that God will guide our feet into the way of peace. May the Lord bless you from Zion. He who is the maker of heaven and earth, go in peace.